give the Lord a clap offerings. Hallelujah. Jane and Robin in our prayer that their life, their family life will be blessed and they will experience the abundance of God's provision and goodness in their life as they continue, as they start their life journey together. Praise God. Uh, many of our dear ones are still in Chicago. They will be probably coming this evening. We'll keep them in our prayers that the Lord will grant them traveling mercies. This morning, we're going to hear from God's Word. Brother Finney Joshua is going to come forward, and he's going to bring God's Word for us. Come on. Psalm 103, verse 7. Somebody could help reading. Psalm 103, verse 7. What do I tell him? Lord, this morning we stand before your word. We ask power for to declare your word. We ask for unction. We ask for anointing. We ask for grace. Bring illumination to God's word. In the pulpit and in the pew. Thank you, Lord. We rest in you, in Jesus' name. A few weeks ago, a pastor asked me to share something in the fasting and prayer. So I began this, and I didn't get a chance to complete, and I thought like everything else. This morning... The Holy Spirit is bringing me back to this and I'm going to share with you the continuation of what God gave me. David writes years later and he speaks of only one person other than the Lord. He brings Moses in and he says, he made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. How prominent is the personality of God in that he is gracious to make things known. He made known. He did not leave Moses to discover the truth for himself. Rather, he became the one who is the revealer. And what should we ever know if he did not choose to make it known. Only God alone can reveal. And Moses needed to know, and the Lord caused him to know. And as we're looking into this, we asked about how is it 
that he made known his ways unto Moses. And how is it that the children of Israel only came to know the Acts? And in so doing, we went back to the book of Exodus, chapter 33, as we're going to do right now. In Exodus chapter 33, we recognize how and why that Moses came to know the Acts. Or the, the, how Moses came to know the ways. Exodus chapter 33, verse 13. Can you read for us? Praise the Lord. I hope we all read that and got an understanding of what it was. Two lines of thought in the book of Psalms. It says, he made known his ways and his acts. Moses understood the ways of God. Children of Israel knew the acts. And it forces us to think, how is it that Moses came to know the ways? And the how is it that Moses came to know the ways is clearly defined for us so that we don't have to let be in ambiguity. Rather, we know now in Exodus 33, Moses comes to God and he asks, Lord, show me your way. This morning's message is, title is, if you want something, ask for it. If you want something, ask for it. Moses is at the mountain with God, and now he comes and he says, he's speaking to God. And I want you to see five things that he asked God for. Five things as you walk out of this place, I pray that the Holy Spirit will illuminate our eyes together. Number one, in verse 13, he says, I pray thee, if you find grace in mine eyes, show me, show me your ways. Number one, he inquired to ask the ways of God. Number two, he says, what does he say? He says, that I may find, that I may find grace and favor. He asked not only for the ways of God, he asked for the favor or the grace of God. Number two. Number three, it says, consider this nation is thy people. He says, Lord, consider this nation thy people, verse 13. Number four, he asked, he said, Lord, if thy presence does not go with us, do not go from this place. Number five, he says in verse 18, he says, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. This morning, Moses asked for five things. Number one, he asked for God's, number one, say it with me, what is it? God's ways. Number two, he asked for God's favor. Number three, he asked for God's consideration for his people. Number four, he asked for God's presence. Number five, he asked for God's glory. This morning, we have come to worship the Lord. I hope you and I came here with 
an intention to ask God for something. To worship Him for who He is. Giving Him the glory. Giving Him the honor. Giving Him the praise which we did. But in light of what is spoken this morning, I pray that you will walk out asking God, knowing that you can ask Him. It's a knowledge to know that you can ask and you can receive. If you don't know that you can ask, then you can't ask. If you don't think you have the boldness to ask, you can't ask. If you are in fear, you can't ask. But this morning, I want to encourage you. I want you to be encouraged to say to you, ask for God's ways. Ask for his grace. Ask for the consideration for the people around you. Ask for his presence and ask for his glory. Amen. Ask. He asked for five things. He asked for five things because he realized he couldn't do it on his own. He asked because he realized, I need this. If I, this is something I cannot do on my own. This morning, are we moving on our own strength? Are we walking in our own ability? The eyes of the Lord search to and fro the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord are searching. The eyes of the Lord are searching even in this very hall, in this place, in this pew, in the pulpit, in the choir pit, all around, and he is searching. I heard what <clears throat> Justice said about trusting God. Learning his ways, learning his methods. Moses asked to learn his ways. And it causes us to understand why is it that people don't always ask for God's ways. Why is it that people choose not to ask for God's ways? Because learning and hearing from God is a death to our will. Did you hear what I said? Learning to, for God's ways, seeking time, spending time, it takes time, and also it is a death to our will. It is a death to our ambitions. It puts the cross right there. The enthronement of Jesus requires the dethronement of self. The enthronement of Jesus requires the dethronement of self. Yes, it is death that brings the life of God into our lives. Christian life is about death and resurrection life or resurrected life. And often God puts us in a place where an external force is necessary to bring us to a place of death. Often, an extraordinary, an external force, an external situation, an external incident, all are necessary for us to come to a place of death. 
Paul says, I die daily. Apostle Paul says, I crucify myself. Yet there are times in our life we are put in places where there are external forces to crucify us, to bring us to a place of death. The scriptures reveal, and Moses here asked for the ways of God, and we went last time and we said there are three things that are the ways of God, that show us the ways of God. Three primary things we said at that time, the scriptures declare to us and reveal to us the ways of God. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is our teacher, and he declares to us, they that are led by the Spirit are called the children of God. The scriptures, the Spirit, and thirdly, God's servants, or the church, is the operation arm of God, where God declares as the, to the, through the church the ways of God. But yet, Knowing the ways of God, the understanding the characteristics of the ways of God often bring to us a place where we have to choose. Apostle Paul, writing about the ways of God, says, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways. They are unfathomable. Friends, ways of God cannot be tracked humanly. They are untraceable. They are hidden. And only God can reveal his ways. They are inaccessible to human knowledge and discovery. Only God has to show the way. They are revealed only by God and taught only by him. When the Lord finished with Moses, there is a part in Joshua 1, that always makes me think of him. The Lord tells Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. I've often thought about that. God comes to Joshua at the death of Moses, at the very point. God tells him a testimony about Moses. The testimony that God had to tell Joshua was Moses, not servant, my servant. He's telling Joshua a very powerful point. As he's leading the people, he's telling him, Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. You are going to be leading God's people. Be my servant. Be my servant. And the Lord told him, as I was with Moses, I shall be with you. As I was with Moses, I shall be with you. This morning we have a promise that God says to us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so great are his ways. Because his ways bear the image of him. And they are conformed to none other than to his image. And so learning the ways of God, understanding the ways of God, only comes in his presence.
But God says, I will be your teacher. God says to Micah, he is willing to teach us of his ways. Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. And he will teach us of his ways. Moses was a person who understood the ways of God. Moses recognized who God was. This morning, I want us to take us to a place to read in another section. Can we read Numbers 11, verse 29? Yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Numbers 11, 29. Numbers 11, 29. Go ahead, sister. Yes. Or oh, 10, 29. 10, 29. I'm so sorry. I am all lost today, right? 10, 29. Hobab. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Read very carefully verse 31. Go ahead. Mm. You know why I read this? Because many of us have read this, but really didn't think much about it. God spoke to Moses. In Exodus 3, he said, I have seen the cry of my people. Oh, I have seen my people. I have heard my people. I have now come down, and I am with thee. Yet a particular point in time, Moses is now coming to his father-in-law. And he's coming to his father-in-law. The incident, folks, is not something to be just winked at. I want us to go through it a little carefully. He comes to Hobab and he tells him, we are journeying into the place which the Lord is sent. I will give it to you. Move on. Come thou with us. And everything that the Lord has spoken good concerning Israel. And read verse 31. He said, leave us not, I pray thee, when he said he's not coming. For as much as thou know, and this is the part I want you to see, we are to encamp in this wilderness. And listen to this. Thou mayest be to us. What is it instead of? 
instead of eyes. What was Moses asking Hobab to do? He said, be my guide. I want you to be my guide. Are you getting this? This is a man who is walking with God. This is a man who is experiencing the Lord. This is a man who is seeing the canopy of God. He's coming to his father-in-law. His father-in-law knows the wilderness very well. And he's coming to him. And he's asking him, why don't you come with us? Why are you going to come with us? Be my guide. You know, that, that whole text starts with silver trumpets about calling God's people in that book, Numbers 10. And God gives them an order how the children of Israel are to go. He tells them who should go first, who should go second, who should go third. Here, I'm jumping maybe. Moses is asking for a guide. The one who would ask for God's ways. Here's the wondrous cloud and the fire. And here's Moses asking him. Would you be the eyes for us? This was the same man at one time who went to God and told him, I can't speak. At that time, he asked for a tongue. And who was that? Here. Now, after many years, he came to a place, and this is the humanity of people. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, I want us to see this can happen to all of us. That's the point that I'm trying to bring. Here he comes and says, be thou my eyes. Folks, the church of Christ has a guy. The church of the Lord Jesus has a guy. And the Lord said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will give you a comforter whom the Father will send in my name. And he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance. And whatsoever I have said unto you. Our safety, our fruitfulness requires only that we accept the leadership that God has for us. He says, access, he has given the Holy Spirit to us, to them that obey him. What need does Moses need for Hobab's eyes? What need does Moses have for Hobab's eyes? Just when you think that that is for Moses, I ask you this evening or this morning, what need does the church have for people like Hobab? That's the question we have to ask. We have to ask, who is this Hobab? Because any Hobab has no place to give the divine plan of God. Because Hobab is an intruder. And his eyes are never going to be sharp. His eyes are never going to search a path for the people of God. Amen. Yes, Hobab is nearby. And he may be easy to lean on. Very often, we are leaning and watching and walking with the Hobabs to lead the church of God. Amen. How is it that Hobabs get a place in God's place? How is it that Hobabs come into the leadership? How is it that Hobabs lead so many of God's people? What is a Hobab? Right, Justice? You got to know what is a Hobab. Amen. What is a Hobab? 
Hobab is anything that is gratuitously introduced into the holy work of God which does not have any biblical authority for its existence. One who has no scriptural authority, no, no significance. Yet it is introduced for our immediate success. To work out the purposes of God. You know, at first, Hobab's methods and means seems to be an improvement of the biblical pattern. Because we feel that Hobab's can never go wrong. After all, Hobab's have done so many good of leading God's people. They are good people. They are nice people. They want to lead. Why is it that we feel that's so bad? But the question this morning, folks, is to ask. Hobab is not an individual. He is whatever causes us to lean heavily upon, less heavily upon God and more and less heavily in his spirit. And Hobabs take different forms in different times. Hobabs are ones who take form in different places. And anything that diverts our attention from the bleeding of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Hobab is anything that causes the trust in princes, in people, and even ourselves, other than trusting our Savior and Lord. Folks, our church is moving into a new transition. Yes, we are journeying to the place where God is leading us. But this morning, with humility and with grace, I say, we not look at Hobabs. God has assured us that he would lead us. And God has told us that he will be mindful of what it is that we need. The promise of God and the presence of God is way better than the eyes of Hobab. And Moses doesn't need to rely on the eyes of Hobab. He has something much greater. He has something much stronger. And therefore, same with us. We have something so wonderful and so glorious. Amen. What is now significant is this. Right after, right after, it speaks about Hobab and his ways that his eyes can lead God's people. You know, this is, this is amazing how God just does this. The beginning of that chapter, it tells you that Judah should go first, Issachar should go second, and then you will see that the ark of God is in the center. That the ark of God is now to be in the center. But then right after this incident, I want you to read, read this. After they departed from the mount of God, three days journey, and the ark of the Lord went before them. I don't know if Hobab went or he didn't go. I don't know. But one thing I know, it didn't matter. Because the scripture tells us right there, it says, it's not the eyes of Hobab that's going to leave God's people. Amen. It's not going to be the eyes of Hobab that leave God's people. Rather, it's the ark of the covenant of the Lord that went before them in the three days journey. Yes, my friends, we cannot afford not to trust God's guidance. The only man whose guidance is worth trusting is the one who does not trust himself, but one who does trust in the Lord his God. When we set forward from the camp in today's march, I pray that each of us will walk 
in the ways of God. Notice it says, he, that the ark found a resting place for them. It was the ark of God that was going to find a resting place for God's people. It was not going to be the eyes of Obab. It was not going to be the, the skill of Obab. It was not his knowledge of the wilderness that was going to be the resting place for God's people. Rather, it's going to be the ark of God. And for us, the one who searches out a resting place for us is going to be the spirit of God. Yes, my friends, I want you to see one other thing that it did. Verse 35. Can you read it out for me, please? That's good. That's good. I want you to see something. When the ark went forward, Moses said something that was very significant. He said, rise up, O Lord. Let thine enemies be scattered. Let thine enemies be scattered. I want to say that again. Let thine enemies be scattered. We have no enemies. We have no enemies. God has enemies. God. He guides them to the resting place. We have no enemies. The Bible says, love your enemies. Well, the New Testament gives us, and pray for them. Know how to use prayer as the deepest form of love to pray for those who speak against you, who work against you. Here it is. Moses says, rise up, O Lord. Let thine enemies be scattered. I close with this. Moses asked for the ways of God. This morning, I said to you five things. He asked for God's ways. He asked for God's grace. He asked for the consideration of God's people. He asked, oh Lord, show me your glory. He asked for God's ways. He asked for God's ways. This morning, you can ask. And I want to tell you something to help you understand something. He asked for navigation. He asked for understanding how to lead this people. But look what God gave him. Everything that you and I know about God. Everything that the apostles knew about God. Everything every future prophet knew about the scriptures. Was given to Moses. Genesis. Exodus. Leviticus. Numbers. Deuteronomy. This morning, you can ask your God. What you think you're going to be asking and getting, what you receive from God, what you receive from God is going to be volumes more than what you think. Amen. Moses didn't think that he was going to write Genesis. Moses didn't think he was going to write Exodus. He never thought that he would write scripture. But when he asked for God's ways, when he asked for God's ways, God gave it to him. This morning, that same God, that same God, when he gives to you, it is not just meant for you. It is meant not only for your family. It is not only meant for your children. It is meant for what he gives to you is meant for generations and generations after you. If you get from God, it won't corrupt. This morning, if you want something, 
ask for it. Be bold, be strong. Moses asked for God's wisdom. What he received from God was all the knowledge of God that he could think of. That not only moved in his generation, even today. When you read about Genesis, it came from understanding the ways of God. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy Spirit.